Thank you for calling Ellie Insurance. This is Wendy. May I help you? I speak to Steve, please. I'm calling. Yeah, it's Joey Jingola. Okay, hold on just a moment. Thank you. Hello, this is Steve. Steve, it's Joey Jingola. Yeah, how are you, Joey? Good, how you doing, sir? Good, doing real well, doing real well. This is insurance in your own words from the people who are living and breathing it every day and are struggling to figure out where this industry is going and what they need to do to stay ahead. Hosted by me, Joey Jingola. Let's get into it. Well, uh, we've recently changed our websites to Advisor Evolved. Honestly, the biggest challenges that I have right now are not around digital or whatever. I've got a rebranding situation going on in my agency right now from an agency that we had purchased. So that's kind of, you know, number one for us right now. Not that the other's not important. You know, that's kind of the biggest iron that I've got in the fire right now. Recognizing your biggest and hottest iron in the fire is definitely something that we've talked a lot about on this show and I think is a very good thing to be able to do and and execute on. But at the same time, uh, you don't want to forget about a smaller, not as hot iron to where it gets to the point where it's impossible to handle. And that's, you know, where you heard that that was Steve Hawley, my buddy Steve at Hawley Insurance. And you heard him mention, you know, his biggest issue is this rebrand that he's got going on. And that's his hottest iron in the fire. But, you know, he's not I don't want to say he's not concerned with his digital presence, but that's an iron that he's not watching as closely. Now, is it possible that, you know, this rebrand shifts his focus? I don't know. I know that, you know, it's a very double-edged sword, a slippery slope, whatever analogy, catchy phrase you want to toss out there, that, you know, losing or shift, being very focused, but then at the same time not knowing when to bring that focus back to the thing that you know went neglected for a specific amount of time intentionally or unintentionally it doesn't really matter um the only reason i say this is because you will hear as we go through this conversation with steve that this rebrand is kind of a result of that of something that he didn't necessarily realize was an iron that was getting too hot and now it's it's pretty freaking hot and he's trying to handle it and that's something that you want to pay attention. Now, I'm going to just preface 120%, you know, full disclosure on this thing. I have absolutely zero experience acquiring and rebranding an agency. So none of this, you could probably just stop listening to this whole podcast if you wanted to, but these are just my best insurance hypothesis on Steve's story and our conversation as to, you know, kind of where he finds himself in this journey. I bought the agency three years ago, and it's time I made the mistake of keeping the name. And since then, I've had to, you know, do everything twice. So, you know, two websites, two social media presences, advertising against each other, and not really taking advantage of the fact that we've got a larger staff at both locations, you know, combined locations to kind of service them. And so we just kind of made the decision that we are not doing that anymore. I don't think Steve made a mistake keeping the name, even though most of those things sound disgustingly terrible at best. The, the one thing, and it was all the way towards the end, that I do think was probably a mistake was not necessarily not, not keeping the name, but not 
transitioning in some capacity with the name, having some sort of transition period as opposed to just ripping it off like a Band-Aid. Again, full disclosure, never done any of this before. I don't know if any of this works. All I can tell you is I just pay attention to a lot of things that I probably shouldn't and my mind works and very weird and not mysterious makes it sound like what anyways you can get a feel for my stream of consciousness on this podcast and it definitely uh, gets a little weird at times anyways what i what i relate this to is is think about when you know a big company buys another big company they merge together and they go through a transition period to where the name switches um i can go way back on you and i think singular was purchased by AT&T, and they went through a period where they transitioned Singular out into AT&T, and you basically forgot all about it. Um, something a little bit more recent, I guess. I don't know that you're not familiar. For all my Northeast Ohio, Ohio buddies, um, the uh, Cleveland Indians, when, I don't know, once upon a time, the owners created a new sports network to have them broadcast their games on. They called it Sports Time Ohio. And the Indians had previously been on Fox or whatever it was called before that. And, uh, and they had taken those rights away and they, they brought it back in-house, created their own channel for that. And they did that for about six or seven years. And then they ended up selling the rights to Fox for a pretty large sum of money. So it went back to Fox Sports. But what they did was, and this, I think it still exists today. This has been over about a two or three year period, maybe even a little longer. I think maybe three, this is the third year. They didn't change the name right away. I think it remained Sports Time Ohio, maybe for the first season, but then it became Fox, Sports Time Ohio, Fox Sports. They just added Fox Sports onto that. They also changed, you know, how they got their little uh, intro ditties and outro ditties uh, into and out of commercials, and they got the Fox baseball music. So they, you know, started playing that instead of the themes that they had for Sports Time Ohio. But they still called it Sports Time Ohio, or STO for short, um, and it just had Fox Sports tacked on the bottom of it. They used the name recognition of the existing business, the brand that had been built, the familiarity, while just letting the this kind of new guy stand in the corner over here and people kind of be a little freaked out about it, but at the same time, let them know that he's not going to abduct them randomly. And I think that's probably the biggest issue here with Steve and the whole rebranding process is that while we're here in a second, you know, he kept everything pretty much the same, um, but he didn't introduce, you know, Holly Insurance, or I think whatever the, uh, I think Roanoke, Roanoke Insurance was the other location that he bought. You know, they didn't, they didn't position it as part of a family brand, like, or just, you know, these two companies are associated with, with each other without changing the name. And again, it wasn't until he said that I was advertising against myself that I was like, man, that sounds, sounds kind of crazy. I don't know that I would do that because if, again, what would prevent you from having to do that was just, you know, Holly Insurance and Roanoke Insurance, uh, a Holly Insurance company or something like that. You know, whatever. Just knowing that, yes, we've announced that this has changed because, as you'll see, everything else pretty much stayed the same. Yeah, probably. When, when we bought it, it was a one-man show. He was the only guy and had been the only guy from day one, and he stayed on with us for a while. Then he decided to retire, so he worked for us for almost two years and then decided to retire, which I had somebody else in place 
ready to take his spot, so that was a pretty smooth transition. But I wish I had gone ahead and done the name change stuff while he was there, too, because that would have probably made it a little smoother transition on that. You know, now they've seen that the agency's been bought out. We've moved our location. The guy that they bought their insurance with originally probably retired. Oh, and guess what? We're changing our name. We kind of disturbed him a lot, but, you know, you just got to do it. So that's the reason that he can actually do that is because he had the guy that was running the one-man shop there for two whole years. It's the reason people were doing business with that agency. He was there for two years. So you make the purchase, you slap on Roanoke Insurance, a Holly Insurance Company, whatever, agency, a Holly agency, whatever, and you've got still got the guy there. And let's say you, you set out a plan, you know, maybe, again, this is a purchase plan, a transition plan. You say, listen, how long, usually in most cases when you're buying an agency, the agent that you're buying it from is looking to get out in a few years. And that agent usually sticks on, at least for a couple of years, from what I've understood. Again, never done this, but I've heard enough stories of how it works. Usually that's how it goes, right? Sometimes, maybe it's a cold, cold turkey thing, but in these smaller agencies, that's how it goes. Anyways, so the guy... You know, says, all right, I'm going to work two more years. So then for a year and a half, it's Roanoke Insurance, a, a Holly agency, family, What again, however you want to say that. Then at the year and a half mark, you know, it's we're going to switch the name over fully. If you want to have that guy there to fully transition the name change to, sh- to say, all right, listen, um, you know, we're going from Roanoke until it's all Holly insurance. Everything's Holly insurance. And and then the guy is still there. So you still got that guy handling it, settling his clients down. And then, you know, six months from then, maybe then he s- starts planning or mentioning his exit. Maybe he ends up staying on, you know, two and a half years to where, you know, you, you announce the retirement six months after um, the, the full on name change. And then a full year later, he's out of the business, but managed to breed a, a familiarity with the company, regardless of what it's called, that by the time he fully walks away and is no longer handling the day-to-day, most of that business is still kind of held on to. And that's the biggest question, right? That's the biggest thing that we all ask ourselves, and at least the reason that I ask myself, and even me and my dad have had conversations. We were in mildly serious talks by an agency about a year ago and, you know, running the numbers of, of what it would take to, to make that deal work and ultimately, you know, the time frame in which we would, you know, make, make profit back, make money back was, uh, you know, borderline when my kids might be going to college. So it just wasn't something that we were all that interested in. And that being said is, you know, that's the biggest fear. If I buy an agency, are these people going to stick around? Well, our retention's not what we would like out there. I mean, it's still not terrible. I think we're running about 85% or so for that agency right now. But, you know, our primary agency is generally well over 90%. So we're trying to get that back up. And some of it are accounts that we needed to lose anyway. It's kind of just cleaning house, but it's house cleaning that I probably should have done two years ago as opposed to now. So it seems like Steve's hanging on to most of the people that he shouldn't. And I love what he said. The most, you know, uh, important thing that he said is that, you know, we're at 85% right now at that other location, you know, 90 traditionally-ish, over 90 at our primary agency. Uh, And he said, you know, some of those accounts we probably should have lost anyways. And that's something that we rarely want to admit to ourselves is, listen, this person, they're definitely um, not worth what they're paying us. 
we like to call them high maintenance. Um, I don't know why we have a soft spot in our hearts for the insurance degenerates out there that just drive us crazy because it's, it's tough, right? Like, I don't know if there's like some sort of Stockholm syndrome going on here to where like we feel obligated or, you know, compelled to help the helpless sort of thing. And the, and the more, uh, or the less insurance stable they are, the more attracted we are to them, sort of like the bad guy sort of thing. But yeah, whatever it is, again, having the confidence to know that, listen, you're a problem child per se, and, and it's okay if, if we just kind of go our separate ways. Um, the, the trick is, is making sure that, you know, in that transition, you hold on to as many of the good ones as you can. Again, I have no experience on this. I don't even know why I did this podcast, but I, I know that a lot of you are thinking about, you know, buying agencies and rebranding them. And I think the biggest thing that I wanted to get across was just the whole point of, of the rebrand and how it's something that, you know, you just want to make sure you've got that plan in place and, and, and communicate. And I think that's where I would say, I, I guess I have a little bit of expertise of that forward facing communication to the people that you're trying to continue to attract and, you know, attract newly, man, words are just coming out. It's like pure poetry. Unbelievable. Anyways, the idea of this rebranding, the retention and the irons in the fire, I think is, as we can kind of see, um, you know, if, if you are able, if, if you wait until the hottest iron gets to the point to where you notice it, then it might be a little too hot and, and the iron itself might be not as effective as it possibly could. I have no idea. I, I know nothing about actually forging iron or steel or any manly middle-aged thing like that. But um, my terrible analogies aside, if you are thinking about purchasing an agency or you have purchased an agency, don't you know put off that stuff. Have a plan in place to you know transition it while the the, the essential staff, that core staff of the people that are doing business for that agency are still in place and make sure you've got all of that business mapped out, lined up, tidied up. And please, for the love of God, don't burn yourself. So this is normally the part of the show where I tell you what to do next. And it's usually something along the lines of getting a free girl membership, maybe coming to Girl Lab, which I think is cool, by the way, or rating or reviewing the show in iTunes. Uh, maybe you can just say, Joe, you just did all of those things, even though you said that you weren't going to do them. Actually, technically, I didn't yet, but I'm going to now. I don't want to do that right now. The, what I do want to do right now is give you the opportunity this time to tell me what to do next in any form or capacity, I don't care. Joey at girlprogram.com. Just shoot me an email. Let me know what you're thinking, what's going on, who you are, just to say hi. Again, I talked a couple, uh, it was a while ago, but uh, all you people that are just kind of stalking me in your podcast app, that feels weird to me. I just want to know who you are. Say hi, tell me your name. Uh, you like the show, you hate the show. I'd love to hear your thoughts, I think, most of the time on that. And let me know what you would like to see. What do you want to see? What do you want from me? What do you want me to do? And it could be weird, not too weird, um, you know. But give me some ideas. Your turn. Tell me what to do next. Uh, Joey at GrowProgram.com, and let's start a little conversation. And we'll see who comes up with a couple good ideas, and we'll bring them on to the show, maybe, or we'll do them somewhere, something. But yes, let's let's hear from you. I'm tired of not knowing your name. Joey at GrowProgram.com.